This is the EXO Podcast, brought to you by Marriage Today. I am your host, Brent Evans, and with me today is Sean Reed and Caitlin Edwards. What's happening, Brent? Not much. We're going to have a great podcast again today. Listen, this podcast is designed to help couples succeed in marriage. No matter where you are in your relationship, we want to help you succeed. Today, we're going to be talking about a subject that is sometimes a little bit harder to talk about, yeah. uh, infidelity and crisis in marriage. Super it's common. Uh, very common, and uh, we know a lot of people deal with this, and Sean, I know you from your testimony, you've talked about where you and Lynette were at one point in your marriage in crisis. Yeah, we were in crisis mode. Uh, we couldn't figure out how to make it work. I mean, we were just really struggling. We Every time we tried to talk about it, it was either an implosion or an explosion. Um, and it just got to a point where we just wanted to be out. We wanted a divorce. We verbally said it and we're in the process of trying to get it. But God helped us to bounce back, man, and, and we made it through. So uh, hopefully today we can give some tips that can help some couples out there that may be in that predicament right now to make it through. Yes, you know? absolutely. And we have an interview coming up with Jeff and Liz Jones, the, the pastors uh, at Gateway Church. They are on staff at Gateway Church, helping couples succeed every weekend with this crisis marriage 911 program that they're doing. And we're going to be talking about that in the upcoming segment. But first, First, some statistics that we have on infidelity in marriage. I thought these were alarming and crazy. Uh, the percent of marriages where one or both spouses admit to infidelity, either physical or emotional, 41%. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. a lot of people. So mm-hmm. my question, that's male and female right there? Male and female, either emotional or physical, 41% of them. I mean, infidelity is infidelity. I think for, for women, sometimes the emotional affair is just as dangerous yeah. mm-hmm. as the physical affair for a man. But that's a lot of people. That's a- and that's just people who wanted to... Admit to it. Yes. Yeah. There's 7% that didn't want to answer the question. Yeah. Oh, okay. so, I mean, somebody comes up to you on the street and they're asking the question. It's very, very difficult yeah. to just to give them everything about your life. But that is an alarming statistic. Also, the average length of an affair is two years. Wow. So think about living with living that lie and dealing with that. And with technology these days, I know it's... I thought about that the other day, though. Um, is technology making it easier or harder? Like, it seems like you're just going to get caught. Like at some point in time, it's going to catch up with you. I, I think either way, it's just difficult. I mean, between the guilt, the shame, um, you know, the, the the feeling, the fear of getting caught. Mm-hmm. Um, if the, if you're a believer, you got to have that part where it's like, okay, am I believing God? Am I trusting Him? Um, and if so, am I doing a sin against my spouse, against God? Like that's a lot to carry around mm-hmm. all day long. Mm-hmm. Especially two years, that's a long time to hide out and to kind of play that game. And of course, eventually you're going to get burned. So it's just a matter of time. Well, uh, the percentage of men who say they would have an affair if they knew they would never get caught, 74% of men said that. Ugh. Man. Just shows you where people's hearts are at. Yeah, the state of mind. To think that you would do something immoral if you knew you wouldn't get caught. Mm-hmm. You're vi- only holding it back because you're afraid of the consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I was thinking about, uh, actually, this past Sunday I was talking about uh, Joseph and how Potiphar's wife you know, came on to him and everything else like that. She wanted to have sex with him. And his words were, I cannot commit this sin against God. Mm-hmm. And um, in my mind, it, it would have probably been just him and her who knew about it. I don't know for how long, mm-hmm. but he made the decision to run. And mm-hmm. I mean, he, he got up out of there. And I mean, in my mind, you have to really put yourself in his shoes and say, okay, if nobody would really know, mm-hmm. would it really hurt to sleep with Potiphar's wife? Or, you know, is it a big deal? So I guess 74% of the people just decide, if I can get away with it, then maybe I would. Yeah, and... Uh, Obviously, co-workers and business trips, percentage of men and women who admit to infidelity on business trips, 35%. Mm. So, and that's a, this is coming from the Associated Press of Journal and Marital and Family Therapy. Um, 
it's a, it's a serious topic. I mean, there's, there's de- no doubt that in our society today, there's temptation there, mm-hmm. and there's opportunity to stray outside of marriage. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the, um, those opportunities for that are, I mean, th- there's still a shame and a guilt factor there, but it's almost like you see it from the statistics that people, it's almost like inevitable that at some point in time you're going to stray outside your marriage with 41% of people admitting that they've had right. infidelity in their marriage, whether it's emotional or physical. And emotional, emotional infidelity, sometimes people can think that just texting somebody or right. messaging somebody mm-hmm. is, yeah. not, is harmless, even if you're talking or flirting uh, in a harmless way. Uh, no, if, if you're inviting and having relationships with somebody that's not your spouse, oh, absolutely, and deep, especially deep emotional things, sharing right. with them things that you wouldn't share with your spouse, yep. that is so violating. I mean, but it starts off so simple. So, 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 especially if there's trouble in paradise at home, right? right. If, if I'm not communicating well with my spouse or if I'm just stressed out, frustrated, and all of a sudden you have a listening ear, you have someone who kind of gives you a certain amount of attention that you're not getting from somewhere else, it's like a pit. And I mean, it's so easy to fall into that trap, but then to justify it kind of on your way down, oh, we're just kind of talking, I'm not even really flirting, but that's exactly where it begins. Mm-hmm. Most of our relationships begin with that, right? right? We didn't just start off just kind of diving into the depths of marriage, we started off kind of flirting, you know, just kind of working our way into something deeper. And so we, we don't want to recreate that with anyone else other than our spouse. And so there's got to be some safeguards to help us prevent going down this journey, right? It's good. Well, Jeff and Liz Jones are coming up next. Uh, but first, we want to talk about date night. Date nights are actually a great way to create this force field around your marriage. Absolutely. Whenever you're mm-hmm. prioritizing your spouse, having a regular date night, you can actually bring in an environment to your marriage where you can keep some things safe and secure and Absolutely. and have a stronger foundation. Date night, go to getdatebox.com. This is our partners. Uh, we have a relationship with them. You can use the promo code EXOPODCAST if you go to getdatebox.com. This is a monthly subscription service. Your first month is free if you use the promo code. All you have to do is pay $5 in shipping and handling. If you've been struggling in date nights and having a regular date night with your spouse, this just gives you the tools and the, and the kind of the springboard that you will need to get that going in your marriage again and have an opportunity to create that environment for health and for the, the, the regular discipline of date night. So get datebox.com is the URL. Exo Podcast is the promo code. And we'll be right back. This is the Exo Podcast, and today we have some special guests, Jeff and Liz Jones. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to have you here. Now, we've known each other for a long time. Liz, a little known trivia fact, you used to help out at our office. I and did. I know. Yes, I did. And uh, so excited to have you here. Y'all are a part of Gateway Church in South Lake, Texas. And I did my research. Y'all just celebrated 32 years of marriage, right? Yes, yes we did. October 19th? Yes. Very good. You're look good. At, look at that. Well, look at, I'm impressed. The internet is so, uh, so wild these days. I can it's find out anything. Thing. So congratulations on that. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about today the story y'all have, the, the testimony story y'all have, and exactly what y'all are doing with that testimony in Gateway Church and the, the ministry that y'all have. And so there is something called Marriage 911. Uh, it's a crisis-type ministry mm-hmm. at Gateway Church, and it was born out of y'all's testimony. I know that what y'all do there, y'all share from your testimony. And I know Marriage of the Rock was uh, one of the books, and Marriage mm-hmm. Today was one of the ministries that helped y'all get back on your feet. But there was infidelity in y'all's marriage, and um, I know y'all were restored from that. Yeah. And that's really kind of where y'all began again. Is that correct? Yeah, it was on our 10th anniversary, that our 22nd anniversary, that, that Liz discovered that I had been unfaithful. Mm-hmm. And I had several inappropriate relationships. And... Um, 
And as a result, you know, we were we were shaken to our core, and uh, I destroyed Liz, and um, and re- I myself really didn't know where to turn, and and so that's really kind of where that that whole path started was was on that day. Yeah. So in those early weeks, we didn't know anything except for we need to get plugged in and really connected with the body of Christ somewhere. Mm-hmm. And we began regularly visiting Gateway. And after, but the ups and downs that go with the original months of discovery are so traumatizing. Mm-hmm. And um, after a night of me just saying to him, and we were up most of the night. I don't think I can do this. I just really, I just wanted the pain to stop. We went to church that next morning. It was in December, so it'll be 10 years this December. Um, the senior pastor, Pastor Robert, was giving the altar call. And I had never gone forward for prayer since I had gotten saved years prior. And that particular day, I felt the pull to go forward and ask for prayer. And Jeff joined me and said, can I stand next to you? He didn't know what I was going to do. Last he heard is I just had to leave. And I, I think I looked at him and said, I don't care what you do. <laughs> I think I did. However, it was a long line. We waited in line and actually um, got a precious pastor who I didn't tell him what had happened. I just said, I don't think I can stand this marriage anymore. But he listened to me talk for a little bit, and he just looked at me almost prophetically now, I know, and said, you know, I don't know what all has occurred here, but I just sense that God's got such a plan for Mm -hmm. you guys, and you're not supposed to divorce. And he said, you just need tools. He walked us straight into the bookstore of the older building at that time and handed each of us Marriage on the Rock Mm, and the DVD series. And I read the first two chapters, and it was probably several weeks later over the Christmas break that I went to Jeff, and I said, oh, my God, I've never read this kind of thing before. I I want you to read it. And after he began reading, he came, and that's when he it, it shifted. He got down beside the bed and said, I just read the first couple chapters of Marriage on the Rock, and we're going to make it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a long, hard road from there. But because of that, and that being the place where we really got our first place of hope, my heart was always very very drawn to Pastor Jimmy Evans and the Marriage Today ministry because it was responsible for that turning around and giving us hope. Those are are really the first tools we ever had to help us understand how to be married. Mm -hmm. Well, kudos to you guys because it's very difficult to be transparent. You know, my parents were transparent about their relationship and the jerk my dad said he was and all those sorts of things. And the transparency is what brings people, it draws people in, Mm -hmm. lets people know that y'all are real people who had real struggles. So thank you for sharing a little bit about your story. But I know that the story right now is having an impact through the crisis ministry at Gateway and the Marriage 911. Um, everything that y'all are doing with with Gateway, and I know it's more than just Gateway people that go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but talk talk some about now that you have, because it feels like y'all have this story you're talking about where it was darkness. It was very very much the darkest moment of the storm. Now you're starting to see some light. Mm-hmm. And then kind of take me into what happened after that and taking you into marriage ministry and into Gateway. Well, I mean, going into that, um, you know, we joke around that it was, you know, I, I use the analogy that it was like running through a dark forest, very dense forest in pitch black dark, and we just kept running into trees because we didn't have anywhere to turn and there wasn't any help. And that's actually when Liz discovered um, another ministry uh, that we have actually been involved with, which was which was Rick Reynolds' ministry, which is... Um, uh, the Affair Recovery Center. Mm-hmm. And I know that she can say it in her own words, but what she told me as she was beginning to tap into some of their materials, this is the first time I've actually understood why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling and that I'm not crazy. <laughs> and so so it was years later that we were um, 
we began to get involved with Rick and what he was doing, and we were actually prayer intercessing at one of his marriage intensive, and the idea came up as, hey, what would you think about us bringing this ministry to Gateway where we could do it in more of a hands-on, small group, in community, and he said, let's do it. Mm. And that's really where Marriage 911 originated. We started serving in the crisis marriage ministries where couples would come in for help of all types of crisis. And over the first year and a half, started noticing that about 60 to 70% of what was coming through the door on a regular basis every Sunday morning was infidelity related of some sort, which we include pornography, emotional affairs, sexual addiction, um, even a room where you feel like you're in love with that person, a one-time affair or one-night stand. Mm-hmm. All of that creates the same devastation and, and really has the same recovery path. So we were seeing a high percentage of that, and so my heart was very tender to knowing this is a lot different than a diff- uh, other marriage crises that we would see come through the door with a specific set of tools that they need to stabilize knowing what's right, what's not right, where they're stuck, where they're not stuck. So that's where we began praying about what does this look like to do something and uh, the doors began to open at that point so that was back in 2011 of september so we just celebrated the sixth anniversary and we've had nearly 500 people go through wow that's uh, pretty good and the amazing thing about it is every single couple that comes to that place feels like they're the only one that's ever been there Mm. And I, th- I know that Liz and I have, have shared in our testimony that just meeting someone like ourselves and like so many of the couples that have been through 911 that have not only survived, much less survived, but now they're thriving and their marriage is, is, is thriving in ways it never did before. Just having that, to see that and have that hope would have meant so much to us mm-hmm. when we were at that crisis point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it just seems like right now that there is um, uh, an escalation of couples going through that that stage i mean are y'all seeing uh any change in that or is it is it i I just know so many people that are struggling with that issue whether it's pornography or whether it's emotional affair or just getting to a season where you're disconnected from your spouse and you're in temptation zones um is is it growing i mean do you see more and more couples coming in because of that we, we see more couples, but I think because they're finding out there's a safe place. Mm-hmm. I think it was always there. I think that um, people that I, – we've had several people come in and sit down, and I have um, in my role at Gateway where I do a lot of counseling, and they'll say, don't even talk to me if you haven't been through this. And I'm like, okay, then sit down. <laughs> sit down. We, we can do this. But what's so um, neat about this is that maybe half of the people that we see don't even go to Gateway. A lot of people aren't even saved, but it's this broken place of desperation, which the Bible says God is so near and dear to, that place of brokenness, where we come to the end of knowing we don't have a solution for our circumstances. And that's the sweetest place that I think God likes to find us. Mm -hmm. And it, unfortunately, is when we are in those times of, of just brokenness, where we say, God, I need you, and that's when we know how much we need him, is when we know how much we need him, and, and, and you're hopefully in a place to receive and move forward. There, there, it's not an automatic. There's a lot of choices and it's a long road. It's not just going through a 13-week program. We talk to them about that all the time. More than anything, I think that this is an epidemic 
but it's a it's it's about a core issue of going on. It's not the infidelity that God's even that concerned about. It's about what's going on in your heart that you would have made that choice that mm-hmm. in a place where somebody in that same circumstance wouldn't have. And that is what we want to communicate to them more than anything is the most important work for the unfaithful is to find out what was this about for you so that God can bring healing to that. You can also bring some security and stability and um, rebuild faith when your spouse understands what it really wasn't so much the marriage. It never really is. A lot of people have a bad marriage. They don't all have an affair. Mm-hmm. Some people don't think the marriage is even that bad. It's it's related to things God's concerned and has been concerned with all along. It's bringing healing to them. So how do you keep um, the couples, when you, when you have the spouse that's been the victim, um, how do you keep them to, there? How do you get them to stay? How do you coach them into staying in that environment when they're feeling all the emotions that I know you felt? Uh, that seems like the biggest challenge is getting them to just stay, to 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 commit to the marriage. I don't know. Are men more willing to bolt than women? I mean, what do you see there? Since on the betrayed side, I can kind of speak to that, and, and it's important for us more than anything in that initial assessment. That I'm like, I'm not asking you to commit to the marriage. What we want to do is ask them to commit to a process, because it's really not fair to ask them to commit to the marriage if we don't have some things that have been evaluated as to is there truly repentance, is the affair over? And so when we can establish that there's been an end to these things and that the affair is, there's no more contact with the affair partner in any way, that doesn't mean texting anything, open, openness, transparency, we would like to ask you, will you commit to a process to explore this? That's all we're asking. Because mm. many times we tell them that 911, the 911 program really isn't designed to save your marriage. It's designed to help find healing from this immense hurt that has taken place. Mm-hmm. Because whether the marriage survives or not, many, 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 many times there are children involved, and thus th- those two people are going to be involved in each other's lives for a long time. And that forgiveness has to happen one way or the other. And what we do find is that through that process of really repenting and understanding empathy and all of those things that 911 helps people understand that the marriage is, is saved yeah. because they, they realize that there is, is, is there's something there that's new. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's out there in our listening audience and they want to, um, they want to come, they've, they've been, you know, in this situation of infidelity or if they know somebody, one of the, one of the things that I know so many people feel is hopeless. Mm-hmm. They don't know where to go. So I know you talked about Rick Reynolds, his, his uh, curriculum, where can people go on the weekends or during the week to Gateway to find out more information about what y'all are doing there? Marriage 911 at gatewaypeople.com. Um, and you, or you could just call the main number at Gateway and tell them what you're looking for, and they'll connect you with us. And interestingly enough, what we have found as we've done this, that it doesn't matter whether discovery was yesterday and the affair just ended or the affair was 15 years ago. Sure. If it had never been dealt with, it's the same healing process. Mm-hmm. And so we've had couples come who have had, um, you know, the, the, the infidelity that happened in their marriage happened over a decade ago, yet they still go through this and their marriage still comes out so much stronger because all of the things that they've just stuffed away, they're able to bring out and deal with and talk about. Mm-hmm. If somebody's listening out there and they have a tough spot, they're going, they're going through something hard right now, give them some hope. Like what are some things they can take away right now uh, just some, some practical next steps that they could do right now to uh, move forward and not necessarily feel like they're digging a hole even even worse. Because once you get those situations where there's infidelity or something going on, um, it, you can kind of find yourself getting in a worse place 
rather than getting to a better place. Before I let Liz take that, the first thing I will say is don't try to do it by yourself. Yeah, do not, don't try to isolate. Don't try to pretend it will get better. Don't try to just get over it. None of those things work. And so my encouragement is to, is to, is to get help somewhere, whether it's at Gateway or through a professional counselor um, or through Rick Reynolds' website, uh, but get help. Even if it's by yourself, right? Even if it's just you by yourself. Mm-hmm. It takes two people to save the marriage, but you still, even if one spouse is not interested, you still have a lot of trauma that needs to be healed. And for those that are not in the area, and even if you are not able to connect with Gateway, a fairrecovery.com would be a resource to check into. And they deal with couples groups like we talked about. They also have um, harboring hope for somebody that is on their own trying to heal and then they have that for betrayed and for the unfaithful but my biggest tip would be agreement completely with Jeff find people it, find a vital guide vital guides are people who have walked there before you can have a counselor who's going to be very very helpful or a pastor walking you through it but also try and reach out if you can and find somebody who has successfully walked through it and the second thing is just try to stay away from making permanent decisions mm-hmm. in those first six months because research shows that you are in an incredible amount of emotional instability, trauma, and shock for a large period of that. Who would think that's an ideal time to make a permanent decision that will affect the rest of your life and some and children and, and many other people involved? Mm-hmm. Good. You're such a beautiful couple. Inside and out, I love I love that y'all are part of the podcast today, and thank you for sharing your story you. and giving people hope that are out there listening. Uh, it is a very common uh, situation nowadays, and so many people just don't feel like they know where to turn. And so I'm so thankful that we give them an opportunity to turn to a good place, a trusted place. Karen did wrong stuff in our marriage when we got when we first got married. We were both very immature, but her wrong stuff was minor compared to my wrong stuff. And I was the most dominant. I was very dominant, verbally abusive. I was the most dominant and the most destructive in our marriage. And so, Karen, you know, let me say, Karen, for the first little while in our marriage, she picked fights with me. You don't want to pick a fight with me. Not in marriage. Uh, And because I would win and not in a good way. And she would be devastated. And so ultimately, she stopped fighting. And she turned to God and she began to redeem me. And that's ultimately how it changed. So here's the concept of redemption. A person is doing the wrong thing. And the other person who's on the other end of that does the right thing in response to being wronged. And in the process of doing that, they redeem. And the the word redeem means to bring back or to buy back. So uh, the the, the process of redemption is a process of one person sacrificially loving the other person while they're being wronged for the purpose of bringing that person back to the right place. While we were in our sins, Jesus was dying for us. Now listen, while I was doing the wrong thing, Jesus was doing the right thing for me. And the reason that we love Jesus is not because we have to. The reason that we love Jesus is he's our redeemer. about some marriage topics that are going on in the news right now. CNBC posted an article about money in marriage. Money is always a topic of conversation when it comes to relationships. Um, and this article states that the leading cause of stress in relationships is finances. According, this is to a 2015 study by SunTrust Bank. 
And they found that 35% of people named money as the primary trouble spot in their relationship. And they offer a few tips that were actually pretty helpful, especially if you're just starting out. It's easier, I think, to handle money issues if you begin well. So mm-hmm. when you're starting out your relationship, you talk about these things, and, and it's easier to, to not do damage if you can get them under control at the beginning. So their first tip is have the money talk. Talk about it. You know, Jimmy talks about how we all have different money personalities, and we all manage money differently based on our specific personality, how we were raised, your view of money, everybody has a different one. So talking about how you view money can eliminate some of the problems to begin with and mm-hmm. help you get a plan. Mm-hmm. Their next tip is discuss debt. Paying off a debt should be a priority in the budget, which is their third tip, create a budget. So just being wise financially and talking about it, making your plan, discussing how to get out of debt, all of these things are going to help down the road. And the third is um, find a way to save for retirement and other life plans, things that you want to do in the future. Make a plan and save money and do those things and it'll prevent stress. Yeah. You know, I think what's interesting about money and marriage, and this is, these are all great tips and tools, uh, but I, I know people that, and maybe Stephanie and I are just old-fashioned. I'm not that old, but I feel mm-hmm. like I'm old-fashioned because we just lump everything in one account. We have our savings and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I know so many couples that have separate checking accounts. Like right. They have their own account. Right. That it, it's their money. Mm-hmm. And I've even heard of other uh, couples where the husband gives the wife an allowance. Like She's got certain money she can spend. Right. She mm-hmm. doesn't have access to the money. Like mm-hmm. He gives her like whatever amount of money per month, and that's what she can buy groceries with, clothes with, whatever. And yeah. I think to myself, that can't be the recipe for a good intimate no, relationship. It makes sense. That would cause strife. I can't even imagine being able to have a healthy relationship. With but if you're not making the money, how do you have a say in it? Because you're a partner with the person that's making the money. Exactly. You right. one. You became <laughs> right. one. You share everything, whether you're doing the work or not. Right. Absolutely. And so, in, in fact, it's, it's kind of... In my mind, uh, we've had couples go through Financial Peace University, right, at mm-hmm. our church. We host Financial Peace. Wonderful. And we would, you know, it's what, seven to nine weeks, depending on, you know, which time we did it. And so we would have people go through the class from beginning to end, couples. We're nine weeks in, and they still hadn't implemented what Dave is, I mean, just laying it out. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just giving it, right? And I mean, mm-hmm. it's just all great stuff. And they still hadn't done it. So we're kind of asking accountability questions and some people just won't do it. Yeah. They don't want to make that talk a priority. And and part of it is, I think that they're avoiding the fact that they're going to have to make serious changes in their lives uh, to submit to one another and to work together in partnership, right? And so what I would challenge people to think about is which is the the greater level of sacrifice and stress that you want the stress mm-hmm. of having a conversation that leads to freedom financially or you want the stress of trying to balance something that's a crazy balancing act between a husband and a wife right. and and not have a solution for it right mm-hmm. it's like better to have the solution so just have the talk mm-hmm. and make it happen you know mm-hmm. what i mean good. Yeah. so i'm kind of with you on the fact that we put all our stuff together but i do know a lot of couples to where it's choking them out man they they literally have separate funds my bills her bills mm-hmm. like and and if the my debt her debt yeah like, she's got to pay off her own debt i won't help her with it yeah it's, it's like what is that mm-hmm. um and so in my mind again i look at it like if we share bodies 
and we have children together. We live under the same roof. Mm-hmm. We should all be pitching in mm-hmm. and, Absolutely. you know, 100%. treating it like we're one. Um, and so I don't get how all of a sudden God merges us in the spirit. We're one in his eyes. And then, but in these other areas of our lives, we want to compartmentalize it and keep it separate. So right. it's not healthy. You know. The next thing we're going to talk about is the surprising link between marriage and heart health. Now, on a previous podcast, we talked about the link between frequent sex and health, but actually marriage and the progress of your marriage over years can affect your heart health. This uh, study was done in Britain about heart health over the course of about ten, six to 10 years. They monitored these relationships, and it was really interesting what they found. They found that men who said their marriages got better over the years had lower bad cholesterol and healthier weights, healthier BMIs at the end of the study, but that was compared to people who said they had a consistently good marriage. So not necessarily good versus bad marriages. It was the the men who said we grew and changed and got better in our marriage mm. that had better health benefits, which I thought was interesting. I don't know I don't know if that has something to do with improvement maybe if you're working hard on yourself or working hard on your marriage it makes you work harder in other areas like diet fitness or whatever but i thought that was really fascinating i just always remember uh sanford and sons when i was growing up because i was having the hardest <laughs> <laughs> the heart attack. It's not the best example. <laughs> I'm i don't know why it's a childhood memory but it's, maybe he had stress <laughs> i don't know but yeah. even consistently good marriages I guess you're you've still got to work on your your health and your diet, but I think there's something to consistently working and improving in marriage. And Jimmy always says you're not you're either declining or improving. You're not really standing still. So maybe there's no such thing as a consistently good marriage. It's good. Great articles today. Interesting. Imagine a relaxing, adventurous cruise among glaciers, mountains, and charming fishing villages, combined with life-changing marriage teaching from Jimmy Evans. Set sail June 29th to July 6th, 2018, on the Exo Marriage Cruise to Alaska. Unforgettable views, luxurious accommodations, and eight days of romance in one of the most scenic parts of North America. Book your stateroom now at exomarriage.com cruise. This has been a good podcast today talking about crisis in marriage and dealing with major things that can happen in your marriage, including infidelity. And one of the stats that we read earlier about how the average affair lasts for two years, that's an alarming statistic that um, that we talked about. And if you're out there and you're listening to this and you are actually, it may not be a physical affair, but an emotional affair, and you feel like um, you just can't live with that guilt. We're going to encourage you to go ahead and take the steps to where you can be honest with your spouse and come to an environment where uh, you can actually deal with that. It's better to get it out in the open and talk about it. And some of the, the information we've given you already in the, in the podcast, really those are things that you can lean on to get you through the season. Uh, we do not want to see people struggle with this issue in their marriage. Yeah. Um, one of the thoughts that I have is that um, if you stay in silence and you try to battle it, Uh, on your own. That's one of the worst things that you could ever do. You need help. Um, It may not be an easy road to get back to a a healthy place in your marriage, regardless of what is or who is at fault or what the fault is. To get to a place of restoration, you have to take the first steps, and that's admitting that there's an actual problem there. You can't heal a wound by saying it's not there. Right? If I want to acknowledge that a problem exists or that something is wrong with what I'm doing, I can't get the repair and the, the healing that I need. And so I have to stop 
you know, hanging out in the darkness or in isolation that I got to step into the light. And so coming clean, it may uh, be difficult at first, but it's going to be healthy, you know, toward the end. And so I would encourage anyone who's out there kind of struggling, either with just the temptation, you're kind of on the fringes of walking into something that you know will be a bad decision, or if you're right in the thick of it and it's just tough. You need help, mm-hmm. and we don't just we don't want to just talk the talk with you. We want to walk the walk. And at marriage today, we actually have a program that can help you. It's called Operation Hope. Uh, this is a resource that we have. We have coaches on site that can can help you. They do this every week. They talk to couples who are in this environment. We can do this now via Skype as well. Our coaches can can meet you via Skype. So if you have any questions, if you want to find out about this resource, it's an opportunity for you. You will never have strong intimacy in your relationship until you both are sharing everything that's going on. Yep. So if you have a dark place in your, in your, in your life that you're dealing with where you're not being open and honest with your spouse, that's going to affect things forever. And Jesus talks about that nothing's hidden right. forever. Yeah. Everything comes to light at some point in yeah. time. So it's not something where we want to scare anybody and say, hey, you're, you're going to be found out, so come forward and come clean right now. But it is something where you're going to have to pray, and, and if you're not even a believer, you need to find a place where you can go share this with a friend or a pastor and being able to be honest about this this uh, major major effect on your relationship, which can be healed and it can be restored, yep. but you have to start the process. And so, if you want information on Operation Hope, you can go to our website. It's on there. You can also email us at operationhope at marriagetoday.com. We would love to help you out. That's what we're here to do: is help you to serve you. Uh, we've had a great podcast today. We appreciate everyone tuning in and listening. Uh, we'll be get back next week with another round of discussions and topics that we'll be addressing. Anything y'all want to close off with? Looking forward to it. Make sure you guys subscribe and share with your friends. Go to exomarriage.com forward slash podcast for links to the subscription. And thank you guys. We appreciate your support. God bless you.